coming up on Unsound Advice. We have these like big pieces of construction paper and magic markers. I swear to God, we make signs that say, please don't get divorced. JP, <laughs> <laughs> this has to be the clip. This has to be the clip. We, we, <laughs> yeah. So, and we barge oh into their room God. like a protest. <laughs> And walk around holding up the signs saying in the, they're in the middle of an argument, you know, an argument where like you're maybe not feeling the most emotionally stable and your two children walk into the room with signs that say, please don't get divorced. And I just I think about like my parents and I go the level of heartbreak because no one's happy about arguing. And you're, you're maybe hoping, like, maybe the kids don't understand what's happening. Not only do they understand what's happening, they put it in writing. <laughs> and they still got divorced and didn't take the pleadings of their That's young children. That's probably why they got divorced. Yeah, I mean, they were like, if it's at this point, yeah, we got the jig is up. Twice in the last month, I had to come pick her up from a guy's house, drunk, at 4.30 in the morning. Do I just assume he's not interested anymore? So I'm in my second marriage. My first one ended because my wife cheated on me and my second wife is starting to act in a similar way. Hey, Laura. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hey there. Um, I know you're a 12-step program person, so I was just wondering, how do you break up with a hairstylist? A bunch of my coworkers are really bad at their jobs. And I wanted to try, you know, bringing her back into my life. I'm just wondering if you had any guidance for me. Give me a strategy here. Where where do I start? How do I even begin? And how do I stop eating cookies? Because I love cookies so much. Thanks a lot, Laura. You're the best. All right. Welcome to Unsound Advice with Laura Bites. I'm Laura Bites. Today, I am joined by a fantastic comedian and host of the Dancers podcast. <laughs> Some may also say yes. The best hair in the business, Dan Donnie. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I never thought about what your podcast sounds like when you say it out loud. Right. When you say it out loud, it's, it's the most confusing, it's unattainable. Just dancers. Yeah. It sounds like multiple dancers. It, it's bad. It's dancers, D A N S W E R S. Answers so like, with a D. Answers from Dan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank oh you for gosh. clarifying it's to the audience. so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he was, he was talking before we started recording about how people think that you have, like, knowledge of dancers. The Dancers podcast, thinking, like, or, or I bring dancers on the podcast. You know, what's so funny is I did, the only private gig I've ever really done uh, is I did a stripper's birthday party in New Orleans. Uh-huh, perfect. And, um... I was talking to them because they wanted me to do basically like a roast of of the who everybody was really lovely and it was hard to roast like literally the most gorgeous woman in the world who <laughs> has like good friends and like okay great a lot to go off of but um they also I was talking to them just like oh yeah and I do this and I have the dancers podcast and they're like oh can we be on I'm like no 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 not that <laughs> they're like oh so you're interested and I'm like no 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 oh, yes but no yeah <laughs> that's so funny. That's so funny. Um, could we get a bigger fly in here? Yeah, I would like maybe a couple more flies. Can we, can we mic the fly in here? Is the fly big enough for a mic pack? I, I think feel it like could it be. Is. It, it, there is an absolute biblical fly in how, the room. How are you with distractions like that? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. In my head, I was like, say something that's not about the fly. Ask something. No, you say can't. something that's not about the fly. And I'm like, 
How about that fly? It, yeah. If it's on your mind. <laughs> just what came out of my mouth. If it's on your mind, you have to like uh, those kinds of distractions are really crazy. This could turn into really like a Breaking Bad style episode where it's all just you versus fly. If yeah. you would like that, I could facilitate it. You know what made me lose my mind just now? Please. Uh, is I couldn't see the fly, but I could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> like first it like blew through the center to where I was like, well, this is just all that people on YouTube will be able to see is the fly. I kind of want us to get some stills where like the fly will be in like the middle of the frame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of the frame. He's over here. And then somewhere. it went away. Yeah. And now it's over there. But yeah, I, I could hear it so loud that I was like, it's getting, it's going to get picked up. Yeah. Um, on the podcast, but I couldn't see it anywhere. I like, I like that he said he's over here. Like we're assigning gender. I to was the offended fly. by that. Yeah, oh, I'll I'm be so, honest. I was offended well, by that. I just flies are very dirty, it's and that's like how I associate with. On the top with, of your no, head I know right you, now. It, I, you <laughs> it know what? Landed I'm, on your head as you said that. I'm right back yeah. around. I apologize to the filthy women out there that <laughs> <laughs> I consider. And, and babies, we love you. By the way, to all the filthy women out there, I'm I'm here for you. If you need uh, my DMs are open. Thank you. That's right. This podcast goes out to you. Today's episode is dedicated. <laughs> to filthy women. I was actually on on the last episode of my podcast. We got a question that was, "Would you rather date a ugly hygienic woman or a pretty stinky woman?" Everyone went pretty stinky. I almost preferred pretty stinky, like a pretty woman with no smell. It's like, then what? Where's your edge? You know what I mean? <laughs> that is so funny. Man, I am mystified by men. Is there anything else that you just can tell me that I don't know about men? Oh, about men? I mean, it's pretty... The thing is, there's not a lot that you can't figure out. Do you know what I'm saying? I think yeah, that, but I think you're wrong. Interesting. Um, You know, I think the funniest thing about, like, being being a man and having male friendships is the conflict resolution. Because I've noticed just like living life and, and, and kind of experiencing a variety of male friendships, the conflict resolution is so crazy because it, it varies so widely from this big thing will happen and we have complete understanding and we're able to work it out very quickly. A lot of people talk about that where it's like, oh, men solve problems so quickly. But for some reason, every now and again, there's a problem that maybe goes over the line and that's like over the line of our functional understanding of our own emotions. And that's when things go crazy haywire where I think a lot of women are taught or more predisposed to like accepting those more heightened emotions. As soon as we get into those more heightened emotion, there's just no more conflict. Right? It's just gone. And it's really funny because uh, I think men are good at dealing with smaller conflicts and we're horrible at dealing with bigger conflicts. Interesting. Does that make any sense? Um, I kind of, can you think of an example? Yeah, like, I like listening to old uh, Opie and Anthony episodes because it's just the most bickering, bitchy, <laughs> like, con conflict that you've ever seen. But they seem to sort of handle it well in this way where it's like, yeah, well, we're just guys like, you know, we rib each other or whatever. But as soon as someone's feelings get legitimately hurt, 
it gets into this realm where it's like, well, I'm feeling in this way now that I've kind of been taught my whole life to not feel. And then like, instead of understanding like, okay, this is an emotional response. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to bring, it just goes to this. No, we're going to burn this whole thing Mm. to the ground because there's just like no understanding. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. What do you think in a relationship is an example of like a, a bigger conflict that's beyond, uh, Beyond usually like the the uh, emotional skills of most men, I would say like just in personal, I would say having your uh, perceptions challenge when you feel like your actions are good, but they're actually not like you do something that you think is well intentioned, but then someone actually takes it aside and is like, actually, this hurt my feelings, what you did, and it wasn't okay, and it did cross the line. I find that I kind of go haywire in those, not not haywire, but like I can find that I reach a limit of my processing abilities because a lot of my, uh, a lot of my focus and like self-worth is put in this place of like, oh, I know what's going on and I'm confident in what I am doing. So whenever that's challenged, I feel like I can kind of be shocked by it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I relate to that. Uh, from my past relationship, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just as far as, like, our values went, like, he intent was much more important to him than it was to me. Yes. Like, my yes. thing is, like, the consequence of your actions. Right. Like, that's important. The effect that it has on people, that's important. And he, and he put so much more importance on intent That's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the root of like, I would say a majority of conflict is Mm -hmm. understanding the difference between what this person meant and then the actual repercussions of their actions. And I feel like on the flip side of that, do you feel as though you put the same thing on yourself, like the outcome of your actions are what you're focused on? Interesting. Oh, my gosh. Or do you feel like because I think individually people tend to put more weight on their own intentions and less weight on other people's intentions. Totally. I try to be in integrity with myself. Like I try to be honest, but also I think that there's a thing where it's like, but you don't have to offer up stuff that's going to hurt the other person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because a lot of the times you're doing that just to facilitate your own like victory complex you know right, what i mean totally yeah that that can be a big problem to overcome with people right. is like if you have a complex where it's like there are winners and losers of social interactions you're fucked mm. you're just like from the get-go there's never any way that you're going to reconcile that until you change your mindset about it yeah i'm finding like i assume that my values align with my partner's And, like, the further I get in life, the more I realize, like, that's not to be taken for granted because that's not always the case. No. And it can be so far off. Yeah. It can be insanely far off in this way where you're, like, shocked, but it's because everybody's kind of bringing their own baggage into those. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend about this because I think, I I feel like in past uh, weeks, I'm sure there's a bunch of different explanations for this. I'm sure there's, like, an astrological explanation for this. I'm just not privy to any of <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, we won't get into that And here. we won't get into that here. <laughs> but um, I feel like there's been kind of something weird in the air. Uh, lately, at least among my friends and stuff. And I think those things just kind of come in seasons. But I was talking to a friend and uh, 
I said something that I think holds true where it's like it's it's really wild because everyone is crazy and also you're crazy and you have to somehow still figure that out. And that that's like such a hard thing because when you're talking about like coincidal values, it's like it's not just that. It's also how you're feeling in the moment. Like sometimes someone's values will align with yours, but they're just not in a state to present that in like a logical way, you know? Yeah. You know, something else that I've noticed about myself is I think that I hold my partner to a higher standard than I hold anyone else in the world. And so that's something that I need to change about myself. It comes from fear. It comes from like fear of being betrayed. I mean, it comes from my own trust issues. And so if I see any instance of like the person lying to someone else, even like little white lies, like, oh, I can't do that today. I've got this going on. And I'm like, you don't have this going on. Do you do that to me? Are you where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there? Are you actually going to your aunt's house? Who's your aunt? You know what I mean? Who is your aunt? Who's your aunt? (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah. And I'm noticing that coming up and like, In my last relationship, I was cheated on for the first time that I ever, like, knew about it. And it was also my longest relationship. They owned up to it? Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I know. At the time, I was like, I appreciate this for my stand-up. Thank you so much. (laughs) But now I'm like, oh, that, like, I'm now taking it. I'm taking it with me. And I don't like that. Isn't it crazy? The And I think it does kind of help with uh, my mindset for all the, uh, I'm sure, strains it puts on my mental health to do stand up. The one thing that I do like is whenever something horrible happens, oh, you get such a jump. Ten minutes, baby. Oh, man. Ten and minutes. Not just that, like your other jokes, they just have this kind of like oomph to them <laughs> that you just didn't have before. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, you just don't give a shit. You just You're don't like, give a shit. Yeah. Fuck you guys. And it just makes everything so much better. It's the best thing that can happen for your act. It's and nice. It turns out the worst thing that can happen for <laughs> your life. Um, yeah. So, but, but then I noticed recently that then like a friend of mine lied to other people to, to cover for me. Right. You know what I mean? And, and just was like, Oh yeah, we don't, you know what I mean? And and it wasn't it wasn't a big lie. It wasn't like the answers whatever when it's whatever, but it was just like to avoid answering a personal question about me. Right. Um and I didn't have a problem with that. So I'm so I noticed. I was like, "Oh, I have a problem when the person I'm dating does stuff where I don't have a problem when anyone else does that and that's somewhere that I need to look." Right. Well, like standards, I think, really do come into play there where it's like I think our vision of a relationship can really uh, get clouded by the actuality of what relationships are. Do you know what I mean? I think like a lot of people, men and women, unfortunately, I think it's through like a lot of imaging and also what like I I was when I was a kid. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young, which obviously many people's did. But the issue I had, and they were trying to do their best, they had no misintention with this, but they never let me or my sister, uh, even though both of them had been in, like, were in long-term relationships during the divorce with other people, like after the divorce, they they were seeing people. And my mom had been seeing a guy for like four years. She didn't introduce me to this guy until I was like 19 or 20. They just complete because their explanation was we just don't want to let you guys in on our dating life because we feel like that could add stress to your life. But the unintended consequence of that, I realized, was 
I never got an image of a relationship mm -hmm. because my parents weren't in a relationship and I wasn't privy to them, except when a woman came to my dad's house screaming at him one time. That was the only, and I was thankful to her because yeah. I was like, oh, thank you for letting me know my dad is dating. Thank you for modeling love to me. <laughs> it was the only time that I, I like woke up from, uh, from like a deep sleep to like my dad just being like, you gotta get out of here. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, it really kind of jolted because like, oh, like my parents are they, so what I'm saying is I think a lot of people have the experience of being in a sort of a sterile household where they're not really shown what love and communication look like. So our imaging comes from TV, movies, music, like pop culture stuff, and is just so inaccurate at such a high level. And I, I had to unprocess a lot of stuff from that just because the only images I was getting was like from TV and movies and that sort of stuff. And I mean, like as a young guy, those images are just so damaging. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to young women too, but it's like I, the, I experienced it on the other end where it was just like, Jesus Christ, this is no good. And I have to therapize my way out of this. Yeah. How long, because like that's something, that's such a long time, like four, four years. And so... What I hear in that is that, like, maybe your mom was thinking, like, what if we break up? Yes. And do you, does it take you a long time to go from, like, dating someone to considering it a serious relationship? Do you find that you have a lot of that, but what if we break up and I told people about us or whatever? You know, no. I think, I luckily, because uh, I, I didn't start really dating until much later. I didn't really get into a committed relationship until later. So I think I had kind of processed that stuff out. I've, I've definitely made probably a few mistakes in terms of, uh, not being, uh, committed enough early enough, but mm -hmm. I don't think anything out of bounds. I think a lot of people have those issues. You know, a lot of men have those issues. Yeah. What to you is like a long time um, or, or what is early enough? I, I don't, for me personally, and it, it varies from person to person, but it's like probably like a year of, of dating. I'm like, okay, well now I'm considering bring you around my mom. What? Is that crazy? Is that too early? I would lose my mind if it, if it was a year, if it was that long. Oh yeah. I'm, hey. I'm not, I'm not actually talking about like bringing around your mom. Oh, like yeah. how long before you would consider a girl like your girlfriend? Oh, 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 oh. Um, Probably a few months. Okay. A few months. I, I don't think anything too out of bounds. Okay. Yeah, a few months. Okay. I, I thought you meant a year before it's like, you can meet my friends and you're like my... I'll say this, I and I've, I'm dealing with this uh, because I think it does hurt people's feelings. The time it takes me to be comfortable enough sleeping over someone else's house or having them sleep over my house is, I think, egregious. How much time? Six months a year. Yeah, it's like it it got better the last long term relationship I was in, but like dude, having Invisalign is not that big of a deal. I know. <laughs> what are you afraid of? I have no idea. It's this it's this arbitrary measurement that I have for intimacy. Like I think it's it's like a it probably may be like an overstated boundary or something, but I'm like, no, if you if you sleep over, if you like sleep with the person, like go to bed in the same bed and wake up at the same time, you you're you're locked in. Yeah. Do you know 
that you guys are killing us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I do. I now do. Absolutely. Do you know how fucking confusing it is to be a woman where a man won't, like, I don't know how to describe it, make some kind of a commitment where you're like, do you want to be with me or not? Because I feel like if you did, you would know the answer to this by now. I feel like if you did, you would sleep over at month five. Like, what is the hang up here? Do you know how fucking hard it is as a woman not to take that personally? Oh, it's brutal. Oh, absolutely. It's excruciating. A thousand percent. No, listen, I'm with you. A hundred percent here. This is like definitely something where I go, this isn't like a quirky, cute little thing about me. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm just, I'm just different like that. No, I mean, You're yeah. Like, no, this is a major defect. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, I, I slept over uh, a woman's house not too long ago, but it's because I've like, we, we aren't uh, currently like dating, dating, but I've truly known her for like four years now. Mm-hmm. So that. It it takes a long time. Wait, holy shit, my head is going to explode. Yeah, go ahead. You're not dating. Not and, dating. And she can sleep over now. Because I've, it's been four years, yeah. Because you've known her for four years. Three or four years, yeah. Why are you not dating her? Um, well, right now, I mean, listen. Time out. Did yeah. you know you're killing her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Did you know that? I do really think. Did you know that she's dying from this? I do know. I think her and I have an understanding. Yeah, here. you don't. I promise. But, um. <laughs> Tell me more about the situation. No, she's, you're killing her. Uh, saw each other briefly uh, a while ago. Uh, things didn't work out. How long ago and for how long? Uh, in Like three years ago for maybe just like a month or two. Were you exclusive at any point? No. Okay. Well, uh, well yes, but only due to the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. So um, that, so that ended. And then uh, we were very friendly. For why, the next... why and how did it end? Uh, I was not ready. I, I had gone out of a bad relationship. You ended it. One, one she, to two months in. She called me and was like, I feel like you're not ready to date long term. And I was like, I am not ready to date long term. And she was like, OK, well, like I am. So I think it's best to call this off. Good for her. Fuck right? Yeah. Salute. Um, so time passes, like, we're still very friendly. She, like, on that phone call even, she handled it. So she was like, we're still cool, just so you know, which is what you want to hear in that situation, right? Because you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's why she said it. That's not how she felt. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And let's bring her on the podcast. Get it? No. um, (laughs) Get in here. (laughs) (laughs) She's waiting outside. She's sweating balls. Yeah, sweating outside, ready to hop in. Um, Is he heat stroke? She comes in, her pupils are just opening and closing. Yeah. And then didn't didn't uh, talk to her for uh, a year or two because I had gone in my own thing and she had gone in her own thing. And then uh-huh. both of those things ended. And then recently we just kind of started seeing each other again. Okay. Are you exclusive? No. And what's recent? How long ago? <laughs> two months. Okay. So you've been seeing her for two months. Month or two. And now she can sleep over. Yeah, but that's because I think the my my reason uh for my illogical level of comfort now is just because I've I've just known her for that long. Mm-hmm. She wants to be your girlfriend. I don't know about that. Yeah, you fucking do. I don't. If you don't, you do. If you don't know <laughs> that she doesn't, you know that she does. <laughs> what kind of interrogation? If you don't, you do. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm obviously projecting my own stuff, and every. 
experience that I've had that has shaped me into a person who uh, knows the situation that sure, you're describing. Sure, sure, sure. <sighs> Let's take a call. <laughs> All right, we've got an email here. Okay. Hi, Laura. Uh, call in, by the way. Use yes. your voices. Record something on uh, the voice memo app on your phone and send that in. It's easy if you try. You know, there's like the share icon. You know what it looks like. Uh, do that because then we get different voices and it's exciting. We yeah. like that. And it's not just my voice. And it's not just JP's voice. Yes. Um, all right. Hi, Laura. After 30 years of marriage, my parents are getting divorced. I feel like they were waiting for my two siblings and I to move out to do this. Is it worth me talking to my parents to see if they can work it out, or should I just let them do what they've decided to do? Maybe I'm holding on to a dream, but this is my last chance to do something. Thanks so much. Man. Waiting for my two siblings and I to move out to do this. Is it worth me talking to my parents to see if they can work it? Nah, you can't really. You don't think they've already thought about working it out? Yeah, I think working it out has happened in the background yeah. of this situation for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think about a personal experience that I had with me and my sister that I look back on it and I go, we were so young. I can't feel bad about this, but it must have been so fucking devastating to my parents. Mm -hmm. I was about like six or seven. And my parents were arguing in their bedroom and they, they never argue. Like you just hear them, right? Like voices raised. That's what happens. And, uh, me and my sister were just talking in whatever, our little playroom. And we, my sister was a little older than me. So she understood the concept of divorce. And she was like, I hope my, I hope they're not going to get divorced. And I was like, what's divorce? And she explained to me, I'm like, I hope they're not gonna get divorced too. So we have these color, we have these like big pieces of construction paper and magic markers. I swear to God, we make signs that say, please don't get divorced. JP, <laughs> this has to be the clip. This has to be the clip. We, we, yeah. So, and we barge oh into their room God. like a protest <laughs> and walk around holding up the signs saying, in the, they're in the middle of an argument. You know, an argument where like, you're maybe not feeling the most emotionally stable and your two children walk into the room with signs that say, please don't get divorced. And I just, I think about like my parents and I go, the level of heartbreak. Cause no one's happy about arguing. And you're, you're maybe hoping like, maybe the kids don't understand what's happening. Not only do they understand what's happening, they put it in writing. <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I have ever heard in my entire life. And they still got, thank God, they still got divorced and didn't take the pleadings of their That's young children. That's probably why they got divorced. Yeah, I mean, hey. like, if it's at this point, yeah, we got the it. jig is up. Like, <laughs> they know. The kids get it. They're arguing about whether or not the kids are picking up on the tension and then the parade <laughs> begins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so funny. What did they do or say? They, I remember specifically my dad just lifting me up and walking me out of the room and then <laughs> closing the door. <laughs> just in this way of being like, I am not even going to speak. There's no talking anymore. We're, you're just being removed from this situation. There is no way that that wasn't the worst moment of their lives. Absolutely. At, and I remember distinctly when they took us, uh, me and my sister together, and they told us they were getting a divorce. Like, obviously, as a young kid, like, you know, you cry and you get really sad. But in the back of my head, I was like, ah, fucking, and the signs didn't work. 
I, fu- I fucking did my best. <laughs> I was like, I was the spelling wrong. <laughs> That's so funny that in your mind you edited the sign. Yeah. You're like, what could would what, glitter have which been worth? Words it? will keep this marriage together. <laughs> but I, I say that to say this about the uh the question. It's like that's obviously a heightened version of this, but it's like Anything that you think you can say, there's so much going on that you're not aware of with this marriage that like if they're getting divorced, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking and it's like such a heartbreaking (laughs) sort of uh, thing to consider. But uh, if if your parents want to get divorced, it might it let's even if you could uh, convince them otherwise, it probably isn't the best thing for them. If those, if little kids with signs didn't work, <laughs> your grown ass asking them to stay cute. together is oh, not going to fucking work. I was cute as fuck. I had like a missing tooth and shit. Oh, I was so <laughs> cute. Oh my God. You, If you upset me, you'd be thinking about it for months. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to work. And also, I'm sorry to be a dick. I would maybe... I would I would encourage you to see a therapist and I would encourage you to look at the part of yourself that thinks that your own happiness is more important than other people's. That's I mean, it's it's brutal. And it's like, I don't think that the impulse of wanting to like help the marriage is really wrong at all. Like because I, I think that that's like a normal human reaction to the situation. But yeah, I mean, there there is definitely something to be said about like, well, you think that the marriage is directed at you. Right. You know what I mean? When it's really just between these two people. Right. I, it reminds me of an expression that I really like. You can't control your first thought, but you can control your second thought and your first action. Or like you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second thought and your first action. So it's like, I understand the impulse to be like, can I keep them together? Um, but then to take that action, I think, is where we need to to stop. It's the same reason why I find that, like, people's impulsive decisions, like, uh, all things equal, are more forgivable than if someone, like, takes time and, like, is maniacal about it. Because, it, yeah, like, like, the impulse of being like, I want to save this marriage, totally fine. But the acting upon it and not really considering the reality of what you're doing, I think, is maybe a little bit on the... Uh, see someone about this end yeah 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 100 um but hey maybe you could fucking save it okay <laughs> who's to say if you don't dig your heels in the dirt if you don't fucking throw your shoulders back and you march headlong into this marriage that you can't figure things out but then if you do save it <laughs> no, of course how fucking sad is that how sad is that now you're responsible for a marriage for their <laughs> shitty lives <laughs> for them not finding the people that they would actually maybe be happy with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have a math question. It says 30 years of marriage and the two siblings and, and the questioner are still at home. Does that seem like? Well, it says they <laughs> moved out. So maybe the youngest one is like 18. 18 or 21 or something like that. Yeah, that tracks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, so I, 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 I pictured a basement full of like late 20s, like people. Just That's like, so funny. <laughs> that 70s show style, like we got to save the marriage. <laughs> we won't have a home. <laughs> Where are we going to live now? <laughs> yeah. Also, it's like, you know, you, you should be 
considering your own relationships, I feel, and worry less about your, you know. Yeah, that's something that that is sticking out to me about the wording of maybe I'm holding on to a dream, but this is my last chance to do something. <laughs> why is your dream your parents' marriage? Yeah. And why is your dream your parents being unhappily married? <laughs> I just want to continue to be able to barge into the living room and ask for pizza rolls. That's <laughs> the goal here. Okay? But now you'll be able to barge into two, two. living rooms oh my God. and ask for pizza rolls. You're going to be able to go to two households during Christmas and have each parent tell you individually that you should get a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, make a contribution to society. Do we have another call? Uh, we've got another email. Call in. Call in with your voices. All right. Dear Laura, I'm an aspiring comedian, and I'm starting to get gigs out of town. The problem is I have a day job in the human resources department of a fast food chain, and I have to miss Fridays when I take these gigs. I'm running out of excuses to give my boss for the days I've been missing. Any advice? You're looking at me. Someone gave me a piece of advice that was really useful to me. They said, the time to quit your day job is when you can no longer successfully do both. Yeah. Um, and that's when I quit my day job was when I got passed at the comedy store. I was getting like 1 a.m. Uh, original room spots and I had to be up at 6 a.m. to work with kids with autism. And right. that math was no longer mathing for me. Here, it, just a brief side note, that's where I first saw you do stand-up, is the 1 a.m. slot at the Comedy Store. That was when, and I thought you handled it so brilliantly, regardless, I wasn't aware of the schedule even, that makes it even more impressive. But yeah, I mean, those are those are brutal times. It sounds like the gig's out of town, I don't know how long you're going, but that's a, if you have a job, that's a really brutal time in stand-up. It was when I was in Boston, uh, I was working temp jobs in the city, I was living on my friend's couch and I would do spots in Worcester, which are like an hour and a half away. So I'm going to Worcester, uh, doing my spot, getting back at like midnight. Sometimes there'd be people in the living room where I was living. So I'd have to wait for them to clear out, God. go to sleep on the couch, wake up, be in the city by seven, which means waking up at like five. And it's it's a nightmare. But I was I was lucky enough to have known like right kind of when I was in the middle of college that I wanted to do stand-up. So I never worked a job I couldn't really walk away from. Yeah. 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 Um, you can get another job. You can get, I mean, this is where it gets tricky. So I'm running out of excuses to give my boss for the days I've been missing. Either tell the truth or wait to get fired. Or come up with a beautiful lie. Come up with a sick Come up ass with a lie. fucking sick, <laughs> sick lie. Oh, man. If you can, it, you know what? See, it's so fun. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Because with the person I'm dating, yeah. if he lies, I'm like, well, what won't you lie about? Right. And then with this, I'm like, well, obviously, oh. you got to come up with a sick ass you lie. You got to come up with a <laughs> you've gotta, This is looking like a job for a lie. Do like a lie montage where you're just <laughs> in the fuck. You're just punching meat and thinking of fibs to tell. Yeah, I, I say, I say, make, I mean, whatever the case is. String this job out as long as possible. I'm talking at the expense of your coworkers. <laughs> no, Cry, to your boss, <laughs> Cry to your boss. Make up a terminal illness. I mean, just right. make up. My parents are getting divorced. And I'm a witness at the trial. Make up your parents' divorce. <laughs> Every Friday, I need to mediate their arguments, so I'm not able to make it into work. Yeah, I mean, take well, a truth and make it into a lie. What's something in your life that's slightly challenging? Right. Make it debilitating. And it happens to be happening. 
happening on Fridays. <laughs> it's only happening on Fridays. Uh, if you're a woman, I find that the word ovarian has been helpful. Yeah, throw to that me out there. And during my days of having a day job, yeah. It, you know what? If you're a guy, they won't ask any fucking questions. Throw ovarian out there. You know what? I, you know what I found can't be disproven. Your mom being suicidal. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. dude. Yeah, good luck detecting that, brother. <laughs> good luck on the PI working on that case. Have you, uh... And you ha- know what her main trigger is? It's Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, have you ever had, like, to really, uh, do the balancing act of a job in stand-up? Like, when, when has stand-up gotten in the way of your jobs that you've had the most? Well, what I'm, what I'm, what I was saying is, like, when I would get home from those spots at yeah. 3 a.m. and have to be up three hours later. I literally maybe did like a few days of that before I was like, I'm going to get myself killed driving the 30 miles to this job. Like, I can't work with these kids anymore getting bitten and hit and spit on it. Like, I don't have the reflexes right. for this job right. <laughs> for this job anymore. Um, so that was really just where it was like, that's the end of it. I actually had a pretty great job in Chicago working in tech support where I could take off time pretty much when I needed it. It just switched to being unpaid time off when, you know what I mean? But I also wasn't getting that much work where I needed to really do that. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you also have to balance like whether also, or not. Time out. Yeah, Cut please. the word aspiring out of like when you talk about your shit, you're a comic. If you're, you're getting gigs out of, getting town, gigs out of town, you're a comedian. Yeah, you're a comedian. Lots of comedians have jobs. Having a job doesn't mean that you're not a comedian. But that I think is this person's struggle is they're realizing that like it's a difficult decision between stand up and work. And it's like you've just got to make sure the decision that you make is like going towards your happiness. So mm-hmm. make sure, make sure, you know, your job is something that you're okay with walking away from, but also make sure you actually want to do stand up. Cause I think a lot of people these days, I talk about this a lot, but a lot of people these days, just because of messaging and following your dreams and stuff, which is all very good, but they run into this issue where sometimes you're following someone else's dreams. Sometimes you're listening to a podcast uh, you're listening to Unsound Advice and you're like, oh, well, Laura's a stand up and that's cool. And she's had a cool life. So I also want to cry today. Cried this morning. <laughs> so just remember, like you you're I think a lot of people listen to like uh, the Rogan podcast and a lot of people got into stand up due to that, which is fine. Like if that if that's your way in, if that's your way to like enjoy something. But a lot of people, I think, followed it past the point of even their own enjoyment because it's like a it's a thing where you see this story in this narrative and you go, I want to live this narrative. But at no point do you check in. Do you actually like the work? I love the point that you're making. Um, I love the point that you're making. Yeah, pay attention right now to how it feels to leave town on a Friday and come back on a Sunday night. Yes. Pay attention to the shitty hotels. Are you okay doing that forever? Yeah. Because I don't see an end in sight. Chances That's are. That's the fucking job, dude. Chances are. I got a, I got a call uh, this morning. Hey, we have a one-nighter in San Francisco. Pay something like four 500 or 700 something like that uh-huh. uh so and i have a show the next day so i'm gonna drive up seven hours do the spot wake up early morning drive back seven hours for way way less than making my rent and i'm like thank you 
this rocks. And I, I really mean that not just because of the money. It's like, I, I love get being out of town. I love the shitty parts of stand up, And I, I think that's what keeps it. Yeah. The drive, the like, the dealing with the like fucked up booker, mm-hmm. like get having to, it, there's just so much, the, the loud audience member. It's like, if you're, if you don't love that stuff, think about it because it's like, you don't have to love it, but that's going to be a part of the job forever. If you're like a comedian, which you are, yeah. this person is. Yeah. yeah. And I would argue you don't have to love every part of the job, no. but you do have to love the parts that you love enough to make up for the parts yes. that you don't. That's what I was saying. Like, I'm not going to like flying. I had a panic attack on a flight recently that was so bad that I fainted. <sighs> Fully fainted. <laughs> I don't like it. Were you but, sitting down already or were you? Yeah, I was sitting down already. I laid down on the lady next to me. I told her I was going to die and then I laid down on her. Hell um, yes. It, did I tell that story no. already on this podcast? No. Oh, man. I'm like working on a bit about it. Yeah. I So like I have panic attacks on flights. I'm claustrophobic on flights. Like that's the only place where it's like this. Interesting. I've been prescribed medications just for flights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't take them because they lower your blood pressure. And and anyway, I um I I I I usually just talk myself out of them by just being like, you've never actually died from this. Your throat's not really closing up. You haven't eaten anything that you don't eat all the time. You're not allergic to anything. You know, I'm, I'm just like, you are breathing. <laughs> if you weren't breathing, I mean, there's just no way that you're not. Right. You know, you have felt this so many times and you've survived every time you're fine. Right. Um, on this particular occasion, I then began to lose consciousness and I tried to push the call button to get help, but my hand was <sighs> too like floppy by then. So I just was like slapping my hand on like the vent. And then I said to the lady next to me, I didn't want to say I'm sick because I didn't want her to think I was going to throw up. So I said, I'm dying. I'm <laughs> going to die. And then I fainted onto her. Yeah. And then, um, and I like, I don't know if you fainted before. I have. I wasn't out for that long. Yeah. So like I, <laughs> and you come online slowly, you yep. know, like the, it's a system reboot. So like I can hear before, I could hear before I could talk. Um, and I could hear before I could like open my eyes, you know? Um, and I heard her say, <laughs> I must've not been out very long. Cause I heard her say, yeah, she said she was going to die. And then, <laughs> and then she was like, I saw her take a bunch of pills and I'm like, you saw me take like supplements, but I couldn't say that. And so right. then they're like, that bag matches that backpack. I think that's her bag. Let's look in it. Oh, and I was no. coming from a comedy festival. So one of the don't tell bookers was across the aisle. And I'm like, yeah. do we need like my bra to fall out in right. front of the don't tell booker? Right, like, right, don't right. look through my shit. But I couldn't say that. So then I was like trying to say that, but my speech was slurred. So then they thought that I was fucked up now, on pills. Now, I want I want uh, the person who asked this question to listen very closely to Lara's answer and see the level of commitment that you need from stand-up comedy as she was not yet fully conscious she was just on the way out of being unconscious one of the first thoughts pre-verbal was i hope this booker will still put me up <laughs> that that's the requirement 
That's what you need. Okay. I was I was literally on oxygen. Right. Uh, I th- I think that that was after that. Dude, oxygen is fucking it awesome. Rocks. Oh yeah. It made everything better. They put me on it, and I was like, I need. I just need one of these anyway. Yeah. When I fly, I need an oxygen. I didn't tank. get one. I, I passed out on a flight too. I fainted on a flight too, and they didn't give me fucking oxygen. That sucks. Jesus. I guess you didn't do it good enough. I didn't faint hard enough. I fainted hard. I did too. I fell downstairs. And they just, where on a plane did you fall downstairs? On the way to Germany, there, there's like, it was a big ass plane. There were stairs oh, down to the bathroom shit. and I fell on the, on the stairs. To and they the were bathroom. like, this happens all the time. They were like, People shouldn't be in tubes Americans, for 14 hours. They were like, Americans just should not be anywhere. This <laughs> oh, is disgusting. It was a German airline? Yeah, it was a German airline. Well, that's why yeah. you didn't give a shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cultural. Yeah, they're like, fuck you, <laughs> dumbass. Like, does he have a pulse? All right, put him, put him back in his seat. Yeah, get him in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is so dumb because obviously this wouldn't happen because you're an adult now but I pictured a, do, a please don't get divorced sign unrolling into the aisle oh, that's <laughs> of fun. your unconscious body I love that um, yeah so I got my own row they gave me some cranberry juice everything turned out fine it actually was probably the best thing I could have done for my comfort on this trip that's and fine. I've considered faking it in the future yeah I mean hey you deserve it yeah, I, I can't think, think. I honestly cannot think of a downside to to faking it. To in fake, the future. To fake, well, I, unless you get a reputation, you know what I mean. Unless how they're could like, that happen? I mean, you know, I have talk. a condition. It's called neurocardiac or neurocardiosyncope. Like I have a thing. Oh, there you go. So fucking spread it around. Hell yeah! You'd be able to bring a weird <laughs> animal on the flight and be like, "Nah, this is for now. Nah, this ferret's for me, baby. You can't fucking, you can't take my ferret." I just rent a ferret yeah. before my trips just to prove a point. If I pass out, it gives me kisses. Move. He wakes me up with kisses. If I pass out, I wear it around my neck. <laughs> It's like I have a the condition. irony. The irony is the ferret makes me feel more claustrophobic. <laughs> I feel strangled with it. Yes, 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 yes. Well, it's this has funny. been fun. How are we doing? We're great. I mean, oh, do we have time for another one? It's up to you. I mean, I, I think it's been fantastic. But if you want to add another one, it's funny. The next one that's coming up, I don't even know, Dan, if somehow how this got in your your head. But the next email, how funny? Says hi, Laura. I want to get a pet. My, my apartment complex won't allow dogs, and I'm allergic to cats. And you can't cuddle with Shut fish. Shut your fucking. Any ass. other options you'd recommend? Ferrets, hamsters, lizards. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Can I? Can I say some stuff like that happens to me all the time? Stuff like that's been happening to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Something's in the air. I'm telling you, something's in the air. I, I mean, um, I'm feeling called to suggest a ferret. No, well, can I tell you something about ferrets? Very that your it, landlord does not want you to have one. No, no, no. <laughs> The state of California and many other states don't want you to have yeah, them. Yeah, they'll live in your walls. Yeah, they're they're illegal in many states. You can be fined very heavily in many states for owning a ferret. Now I don't know, uh, I don't know what uh, what state or jurisdiction jurisdiction. Something to look into. I do want to uh, plug bearded dragons real Ooh. quick. I've heard they attract insects, but they're just the sweetest little things. Oh, I had cute? one like sit on my chest once and they yeah. just, I'm sure they shit on you if they're there long enough, sure. but like it was just the cuddliest, sweetest thing. I think, I think also find something like fuck your landlord, find something that they would really not be like, yeah, this is my bison. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, meet my fucking bison. Something that's not in the lease. But you know what is in the lease is like we can evict you because we feel like it. 
Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, and depending on what state. Or the pet is subject to approval of your landlord. You know what? I I would honestly say, yeah, like lizard, hamster, that thing's going to get like, you know, caught in a wind turbine or something. So also you're not going (laughs) to get anything out of a relationship with a hamster. I'll tell you right now. No, bunny. Bunnies are cute. Bunnies are great. They die for just the slightest breeze. Yeah, God God put bunnies on this earth to be like a little snack. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I had a couple of them. One died from a respiratory infection immediately and the other one immediately broke its back and had yeah. to be put to sleep. It was just a bummer. And they poop everywhere. I mean, everywhere that, yeah, that you let them go, yeah. Have you ever, like, known anyone with a with an odd pet? Uh, yeah, I lived with an African desert fox for the two most Shut stressful the fuck weeks of my Wait, life. How? It scuttled across my god damn it. Life has just been too long. It really has. <laughs> I, I lived in Philadelphia briefly. I moved into this house that I found on Craigslist. It turned out that the three people who were living there were junkies and awful. They had a fox. Um, it was the worst animal I've ever seen. You, I was terrified yeah. of it. It would be standing at the end of the hall. It scuttled. I mean, I just hated this animal. And it ran across my keyboard and tore up all the keys to my thing. The story ends when I hear these roommates talking about how they were going to beat me up and pawn my stuff. And I <laughs> called everyone I knew in the city, which I had lived there for weeks. Yeah. Um, and I called everyone I knew in the city and I had like five guys with like baseball bats Hell there yeah. like a half hour later and we moved my shit out. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that man, yeah, junkies still find a weird animal. Cause the thing about them that's so <laughs> that's so powerful. The thing about them that's so powerful is like when you're in the throes of addiction, you're not considering like getting bare like better or your own physical well being a lot of the times. So all of your effort is going into like Let's get a fox. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to deal with my shit anytime soon. Let's get a desert fox. Right. And you're not really consequence minded. That's what, because Mike Tyson, when he bought the tiger, uh, he was also like in the throes of wild addiction and mania. And he was just like, you know what I need? Like, just every myriad of mental health issue. He's like, I think a tiger is going to fix everything. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where they got it. Yeah. You never do with those people. You never know where they got it, but they always have. It. <laughs> oh my God, Dan! Thank you so much for coming on the this podcast. This was so much fun. So fun. Uh, you can watch Dan's podcast, Dancers. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. On you- <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Fuck. So stupid. 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 No, keep doing the plug. I'm sorry. <laughs> on YouTube, it's spelled D A N S W E R S on you. YouTube, and see him to see him live. Go to at Not Bad. Dan on Instagram for cities and dates. If you would like some unsound advice, send me a voice memo at lara at unsoundadvicepod.com. Maybe we'll feature you in an upcoming episode. You bet your fucking ass we will if you send us a voice memo. And don't make me read your emails anymore, please. Don't make GP read your emails. He hates it. You have a great voice, though, GP. He has yeah. to practice. He can barely read. Him, just cut <laughs> hey, him some slack. Me and you both, brother. All right. We're bonded. There we go. You should see him sweating before the show starts. <laughs> it's just brutal. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Fun. That was good. Was yeah, that, good? that was okay. really that was great. Fantastic. That's fine. I can't wait to tell everybody. Oh.